Welcome back to the Vine Church Podcast. Today we continue our studies in 1 Thessalonians, Paul, the Gospel and the Church. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart. We'd love for you to join us over there. We're going to continue looking in 1 Thessalonians uh, and uh, we're in chapter 2 and we're looking from uh, verse uh, 14 onwards. But before we read this, when things go wrong in our lives, when things get frustrating and difficult, we sometimes ask that question, don't we? Why? Why is this happening? And uh, Paul may well have been asking that question and he gives us two answers. Perhaps see if you can spot the two reasons why things are frustrating for Paul. Don't forget that for Paul, he has been orphaned. He has been torn away from these new baby Christians who he has uh, brought into being through his preaching when he was there in Thessalonica. And now he's been torn away from them thanks to the persecution that he faced. Uh, And uh, he's tried to go back to them again and again. He wants to go back. There were those who were accusing him that he didn't care about these people, that he didn't bother going back to them. And he says, no, no, I've tried. I've tried again and again. I've wanted to be back with them, but I've been unable to. I've been prevented from doing so. And he gives a reason for that. So as we look at Paul's frustrations here, Uh, As we face frustrations, let's just think about the reasons why. If we understand the reasons why, then it can help us to know what to do about it. So let's have a read uh, from chapter two and uh, starting there in verse 14. He says, you brothers became imitators of God, uh, of God's churches in Judea, which are in Christ Jesus. You suffered from our own countrymen the same things that those churches suffered from the Jews who killed the Lord Jesus and the prophets and also drove us out. They displease God and are hostile to all men in their effort to keep us from speaking to the Gentiles so that they may be saved. In this way, they always heap up their sins to the limit. The wrath of God has come upon them at last. But brothers, when we were torn away from you for a short time, in person, though not in thought, Out of our intense longing, we made every effort to see you, for we wanted to come to you. Certainly I, Paul, did again and again, but Satan stopped us. So we see in this reading that there are two reasons why Paul has been frustrated. The first is, if you like, kind of a human explanation. There are natural reasons and causes for Uh, the frustrations he's faced. Uh, And there are human ones and basically they are initially that he has been persecuted by a mob from the synagogue, uh, these Jews who have come to him and there's a stinging rebuke against them here in verse 14, how they're described as having killed the prophets, the Jews, they killed the prophets in the Old Testament, they then killed Jesus Uh, They displease God, he says, thirdly, and furthermore, they are hostile to all men in preventing them, trying to stop them from hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, some people have taken these verses, of course, and in the history, sadly, have taken them as a anti-Semitic kind of statement. These people who hate all men and are hostile to men uh, and displease God. But it's important that we understand the context 
of these verses. Uh, because often if we take a verse out of context, we get into big trouble and we mustn't take these verses out of context. I would suggest to you that they are not anti-Semitic. Uh, they are simply speaking against people who are opposed to Christ, whoever they may be. And so he is saying that in his context, it had been the Jews who had chased him out of town. And uh, they were therefore responsible for their actions. The Apostle Paul is not making a racial statement, rather just a religious statement. This is a religious issue, not a racial issue. These people are anti-Christ, as in they are against Christ. Now, Paul loves the Jews. We know that from Romans chapters 9 to 11. He says he would give up his own rights if only they would come to Christ. He says that one day they will be engrafted back into the vine. No, Paul himself is a Jew and has a heart for the Jews and goes continually to the synagogues to try to win them over. And so uh, Paul is not against them per se, but he is saying that these are the people who have opposed him and that they are hostile to all men because the ultimate crime is to stop someone from hearing the gospel. The ultimate act of hostility is when we don't share the gospel or we prevent others from being sharing the gospel and prevent people from having the opportunity to hear the good news and get eternal life. And that's what they have been doing. Now, he says that in verse 16, the wrath of God has come upon them at last. And uh, that phrase there kind of it says has come upon them. And so we could say, well, has it already come upon them? Uh, certainly in AD 49, a year before Paul wrote this letter, there had been a drastic drought in Judea, which would have affected the Jews. And there'd also be the persecution by the Romans against the Jews in that very same year. And so Paul could be referring to those events and saying the wrath of God has come on them already. But actually the phrase has come, has that sense of that it is kind of imminent, that it is hanging over their heads, that it hangs over them and is just about to fall upon them. The wrath of God is inevitably about to come upon them because they have heaped up their sins to the point where God has lost all patience. And as Jesus himself had said, you know, that the kingdom will be taken from the Jews, that Jerusalem should weep because there is disaster coming upon them. Uh, so Paul is looking ahead, perhaps, to AD 70. He knows that their time is short, that it's about to come to an end. It's, a, it's game over for these people. And he's predicting the wrath of God is hanging over their heads and is about to fall upon them. But what we need to see as well, of course, here is that whilst the wrath is about to fall on them or has fallen on them in chapter one and verse 10, we see that the wrath of God has not fallen upon us, though we deserve it just as much. And yet, because of our faith in the Lord Jesus in one verse 10, we have been rescued from the coming wrath. The grace of God is such that we don't get what we deserve. We're not going to face the wrath of God. God is pleased with us. He's not displeased with us. He loves us and he delights in us because of his grace. 
But Paul has been thwarted. And furthermore, he now says that he's tried again and again to come back and he's been prevented. It's like there's been a roadblock. It's as if the road has become impassable. Somehow the road has been broken up so he can't get back to them. And uh, he wants to meet with them. But then suddenly he thinks there's another lockdown or there's another thing that stops him from being able to go back and be with them face to face. We don't know exactly what the reasons were. There were obviously some human reasons. It may have been the thorn in the flesh that Paul had this illness that perhaps he was stopping him. It may have been there was a crisis in Corinth where he is and he has to stay there to deal with that. So he can't go back. It may just be the ongoing persecution of the Jews that are, is stopping him from being allowed to go back to uh, be with them. But for whatever reason, he doesn't give us the reason, but he does give us the other reason for this. And that is a supernatural reason. He says that Satan prevented us from going back. Actually, ultimately, behind the human activities that we face in life, there is a demonic activity as well. Satan stopped us. He opposed us. He is described in, in scripture as the thief who has come to steal, kill and to destroy. He is the God of this age. And as we read in, in Ephesians chapter six, he is the one against whom we battle uh, and uh, we need to pray against that. We do need to be aware that there is an enemy who is opposed to us to the gospel, to the church, and he'll do everything he can to try to discourage us, to block us, to cause us to doubt, to feel condemned. He is the accuser. The word Satan means accuser. And Paul recognises that actually behind the human activities that are going on, behind, yeah, COVID, for we could say, actually is, is from Satan. You know, these things are things we need to pray against. These things are things we need to oppose. We need to stand against. Uh, and the, we're going to have a week of prayer in early March because it's so important. We get behind and we realise we have an enemy, but God is sovereign. We can ask the question, well, isn't God sovereign then? If Satan caused this, then doesn't that mean that God isn't in control? Uh, but actually, the reality is that, yes, while Satan is doing things, God is still on the throne and he can use whatever circumstances for his good. And so Paul, in fact, finds that he is using this even for good. As F.F. Bruce puts it, although Satan does his part, God still retains supreme authority. We know that he that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. We know that we do not need to fear because Jesus has overcome the world. We know that the accuser of the brothers has been hurled down forever. And therefore, we can stand strong in God and stand against the efforts of the enemy to put us off our tracks because God will find the way. God will have his way. So let us pray. Lord, we thank you that you are sovereign. We recognise the frustrations we face and they have human uh, causes, but we recognise that behind them there is an enemy. And we do pray right now that you'd help us to stand strong. We rebuke those things that would try to stop us in our tracks. We say lift off any condemnation, any accusations, any doubts, any discouragements that we may feel. Today, where we know that you are with us and that you are greater than he that is in the world. We ask this in your name. Amen.